at your weekly feel-good podcast, where this week we do a quick update on what Patreon has to bring. I discuss the incredible amount of new stuff coming from Disney, and much, much more. That's right, this week we talk about the 50-something fucking shows that Disney just dropped for, like, Marvel and Star Wars and all that stuff, movies, everything. We, we go into great detail about that. I talk about the audiobooks and the things I've changed over on Patreon, which is at patreon.com forward slash growingupcast. If you want to sponsor the podcast, there's a lot of really great stuff going up there and a few projects that I've that have just started that are already like awesome. So I can't wait for you guys to to hear those things uh, coming up here pretty soon. We talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Of course it is the talk of the the digital town right now. Um, it is, uh, something that has occupied fair amount of my time. Uh, I started a new subscription box service, thanks to a wonderful early Christmas present, so we get a little bit of that later on. I went on a brief foyer into alternative milks, non, non-dairy milks, so we'll talk about that too. Didn't go well. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a really good episode of the podcast, I'm, I'm a big fan of this episode. And I, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, also, real quick, Twilight has begun on the goingupcast.com. It is, it's up to, to a couple of chapters by now. Uh, I hope you are all enjoying it. I did a trailer for it, which I haven't done in a, since Harry Potter, um, where I, I sang a Bob Dylan cover, and you can find that um, on uh, Facebook, I'm going to say. I'll put it up on Facebook so you guys can appreciate that and all of its cheesy glory. Um, but yeah, things are, things are pretty good. This is my last, uh, like week of work really of 2020. And then I'm on vacation, um, for the next, uh, the, for at least next week. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I, uh, have a couple of things I need to wrap up this week and then I can enjoy my time off. There will still be an episode of the going up cast next week. Um, just cause it's, you know, it's Christmas week and I want to, want to be able to do that. So, uh, get excited for that, and yeah, that's enough of me talking at the top of the hour. Let's get into me talking for the rest of this hour. Enjoy. Before we get too deep into this episode of the Going Up cast, there's something I wanted to talk about right here at the top, and it is what I'm doing over on Patreon. Um, I'm reformatting a couple of things. I'm getting rid of the, the monthly live streams because I've missed the last, like, seven months of monthly live streams. Um, I've simply just been far too busy. Um, and I've been really focusing on having content um, kind of eternally live on Patreon. Because I really hate this idea of you, like, you know, you pay money to specifically see something live and you miss it. And you can watch, like, the VOD, but it's just, it, like, it gatekeeps on a platform that, let's be honest, already kind of gatekeeps um, because you have to pay to access the things. But remember, if you do support me on Patreon, then that goes to, like, funding, um, hosting fees and all that stuff and helping to pay for the website so I can continue to do this. So it does just go right back into the podcast and any support you provide is absolutely wonderful. But I did want to talk about some of the things I'm working on over there. And the new thing I've started um, alongside the ongoing Pokemon Nuzlocke videos um, which you can see on patreon.com forward slash going upcast, uh, is a new series that I'm working on. Um, it's an audio based series. And, uh, if you know my inspirations for doing the audiobooks and this kind of realm of comedy I've found myself in, uh, one of the major inspirations to that was Mystery Science Theater and Riff Tracks. And I thought it would be fun to do a Riff Track commentary track, um, just, you know, just me, uh, for all of the movies based on the books I have read as audiobooks. Um, and once I run out of the most movies, I'll start doing other ones. Um, so the first of these tracks has gone up in honor of the recent completion of the Inheritance Cycle. I rewatched Aragon and there are sync instructions in the audio file, which you can download off of Patreon. So you can do this fucking whenever. Um, all you need to do is be a Patreon supporter and you have access to it. So there you go. If I ever get like a store up on the Going Upcast site again, I will ha probably have this as like a digital download on there as well. Uh, but right now, the only way you can get to it is by being a supporter on Patreon. And um, you can either listen to it in the browser or you can download the file straight to your computer and listen to it there. It tells you how to sync it up to the movie. 
so you can listen to my funny insights and all that stuff uh, to these movies. Um, much like everything I do, it is improvised in one take. Uh, so if it isn't funny, well, then, you know, it's just kind of the nature of things. Um, or if you don't think it's funny, I guess. I had a, had a blast watching Aragon again. And um, it, it, it does just kind of... It's, it's just a fun fun movie ride. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've got we got a lot of different things to watch, um, for sure. I mean, naturally, the Harry Potter movies come to mind. Um, and I will do my due diligence and suffer through those fucking things again. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is an interesting uh, hurdle, because there are a lot of movies inspired by The Christmas Carol. Same goes for Treasure Island and Alice in Wonderland. There are a lot of those movies in existence. So... I'm not really fucking sure which way um, I'm going to go with those. Probably going to go towards the animated Muppet route, if I'm perfectly honest. So I'll see, like, the animated Disney version of Peter Pan and the animated Alice in Wonderland version of Alice in Wonderland and Muppet Treasure Island and Muppet Christmas Carol, because those are my favorites. So I'm probably going to lean towards personal bias on those. Um, And I would have to look and see what else I've read, to be perfectly honest. Um, But I think that, that more or less covers it, but... Lord knows once ever I get around to reading, like, Lord of the Rings and Golden Compass and all that shit, then it'll probably expand. But the ones I'm really looking forward to watching are the ones that have just started going up and the movies I refuse to watch until I finish reading the books, and that's the goddamn Twilight movies. So, those will definitely get the fucking uh, riff track treatment caused by me, so I'm very excited about those. Um, so yes, all of this is available on Going Upcast, uh, patreon.com forward slash Going Upcast. And uh, you can become a $5 patron and get access to all of this wonderful stuff. Um, I believe the way Patreon works is you can pledge more or less or whatever, but I think you need to do at least minimum $5. I can't fucking be sure. I think I have two things where it's like $1 and 5 I don't remember what it is. I need to look at it, but I'll fix it. Uh, by the guy, you guys hear this and it's all, it all makes sense and is awesome. So, um, Yes. Feel free to go check that out, and uh, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. So, a while ago, I stopped drinking dairy, um, just kind of as a, as a health um, choice, and I've been missing, like, milk, you know? So, I, I was doing some research. I'm also trashed right now, in case anybody's wondering. Um, I was doing some research on milk alternatives... To see which one uh, really kind of jumps out at me in terms of nutritional value, ecological impact, and flavor. So I've got two here that jumped out at me. I ignored all nut-based milks because um, that's nut production is like it takes a lot of water to to grow nuts. Um, so I'm trying to trying to avoid those as much as possible. I know they're a good source of protein and stuff like that, and I get that, but. I get plenty of protein in my diet, and I don't need it from my, my weird milk substitute. So I've got two here that I feel like are pretty good. One of them um, is excellent for like the kind of the not the microbiology, but for that that level of uh, of health that a lot of people don't really think about. Basically, amino acids, and that's hemp milk, like from like weed, you know, hemp milk. Um, it doesn't have any fucking THC in it. Um, but I've got hemp milk and I've got oat milk. Um, in terms of nutrition, hemp milk is healthier from a caloric point of view, but it's got more fat than oat milk does. Oat milk has more fiber than hemp milk does, but it also doesn't have any of those amino acids or anything like that. So I'm just gonna do a straight up side-by-side comparison taste. They've been chilling for the last couple of couple of minutes, or hours rather. We're gonna start with oak, or oat rather, uh, which I've heard tell is the creamiest of the, of the milk alternatives um usually used in like coffee houses and stuff like that uh for for their various beverages so here we go oak oat beverage i keep saying oak um well it looks like what happens when you like eat cereal and um leave like milk at the bottom of the bowl it smells like oats so let's just try a little bit yeah it's like it's not bad it's a little sweet, um, and it does have some added sugar, so I get that. But yeah, it tastes like um, tastes like oatmeal. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I like that. It's got a really nice flavor to it. 
It does just taste up like you're, you're drinking oatmeal. That's basically the way I can describe that. Here's the hemp beverage. Which, I have no idea what this is going to be like. Um, everything I read said, like, if you wanted to substitute skim milk, uh, drink hemp. Which doesn't fill me with joy because skim milk is fucking Satan. Uh, well, you know what? It looks way more like milk than the oat stuff does. Doesn't really smell like anything. Oh. Um. That's a flavor. Jesus, what is that? It's like you ran skim milk through a lawnmower. I think it's the best way I can describe that. Oh, boy. Um, well. Oh. That's. I don't think I like that. Nope. Nope. Oh. It's like dusty and musty. Oh, God. Okay, oat milk is is superior in terms of flavor. I know hemp beverage has a lot of good stuff for me, but I'm not sure that's worth the price of admission. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, there we go. That was a fun, stupid segment. I'm going to go drink water now. Moving on to the next thing in the podcast. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you will know that one of my absolute favorite things is music. I'm a big fan of power metal in particular, but that kind of goes without saying. It's it is kind of it's not my like well, maybe it is my favorite genre. I'm discovering a lot about myself right now. But anyway, I love power metal and it's fantastic. And I also love Christmas and it's fantastic. And there exists in the world an incredibly specific music genre that scratches both of those itches at the same time. It is incredibly small. Very few people know about it. Christmas power metal. Now, this Trans-Siberian Orchestra, which is essentially that. But that is more just like, it's got some original stuff in there, but it's mostly covers. Let's be honest, you know, a lot of covers of Christmas songs. And there's nothing wrong with that doing a Christmas song in power metal way. But I was looking for something original, and I was looking for something that just filled, just checked all my boxes. And then lo and behold, not a couple of days past, Majestica, with their second album, A Christmas Carol, I believe has accomplished all of those things I wanted. Not only is it a musical rendition of Charles Dickens' classic story of Christmas Carol, but it is done in a power metal style with you got the soundings of a full symphony orchestra backing this shit up, multiple choirs, operatic vocals, and I think the best bit is that this band uses classic Christmas song melodies and pacings within their original compositions. So it'll be, you'll be listening to a song and then just kind of out of nowhere, there'll be a little bit of like Hark the Herald Angel Sings. It'll just like flow right in there or Deck the Halls or Joy to the World or all of these amazing Christmas songs just integrated into the story of A Christmas Carol with all of this unique power metal stuff surrounding it. It is, it is a one of a kind album, really. I've never really heard anything quite like it. Blending of traditional stories and music with high-level production values and um, this incredible power metal with these soaring vocals. It's, it's, a, it's a beast in and of itself. It's only nine songs. It's about 40 minutes long. So you can crank out the whole thing pretty quickly. But uh, it does a pretty good job of being accurate to the original story um, and displaying just these, these awesome technical skills. And it goes from, like, slow ballads to, you know... Uh, fairly aggressive songs and it goes in the gauntlet in between it's got some instrumental stuff in there uh, it's just it's just really good um, and I've been jamming on it uh, for basically since it came out and I was all set like I don't really know what my album of the year is um, I was all set to just hand it over to Ninja Sex Party with uh, The Prophecy um, but this last minute contender has definitely shaken up the rosters um, and so I'm sitting here kind of scratching my head being like, well, I mean, it's a fucking good album. Is it the album of the year, though? I don't know. Is it the best fucking Christmas album I've heard in my whole life? Because I only ever really hear Christmas singles. 
This might be my favorite Christmas album. Like, solid album? This might be it. This might be it, because I can't think of any other Christmas albums. So almost by default, it ha I have to give it to, uh, to Majestica and A Christmas Carol. So I, I will... I will do that. So, it, yes, um, all that fun stuff. But yeah, it's excellent, and you should you should check it out. There's a bunch of uh, free music videos on uh, on the uh, Nuclear Blast YouTube channel. I believe they're signed with Nuclear Blast um, of like the first three songs, uh, so you can kind of get a feel for for what is up with this album there. Or you can listen to it on Spotify. I'm not sponsored. I just really like this album. You guys should listen to it. Moving on, next thing a podcast. I'm talking about this in this episode of the podcast, even though this isn't going to happen for a very long time, mostly because I'm committing to a very long con bit. Um, but recently, uh, we have finished the Inheritance Cycle and recently started, recently, uh, Twilight. In fact, we started Twilight a couple of days ago, and I have no idea how that's going right now. I'm very excited to be uploading that book, but I'm recording this a little bit uh, long in advance of uh, when Twilight actually goes up. But um, after finishing Inheritance, I was left in a, in, a, in a bittersweet kind of mood because while I was very happy to be done with that book, um, I was sad to say goodbye to the characters and all that stuff. I thought it was a very fun world and I love the characters and I loved the story it told. Um, and I wanted more. I wanted more. So I was doing a lot of research and a lot of digging and while it is confirmed that a fifth inheritance book is in the works naturally with these things we have no idea what it's about when it's going to come out if he's actively writing it right now we don't know what i did discover in my research was that in 2018 christopher pauline dropped a book called the fork the witch and the worm tales from Algazia, volume one aragon which was a collection of short stories surrounded by kind of a bracketed narrative of what Aragon had gotten up to a year since the release of, or a year since the events of the end of Inheritance. And so, during the recording of the final chapter of Inheritance, I bought this book, and I'm now actively holding it in my hands. I have just finished recording the audiobook for this book. However, because it says... These events take place a year after the end of Inheritance. I thought it would be fun to wait exactly one calendar year from when I uploaded the last chapter of Inheritance before I dropped this book in its entirety. I don't really know why I'm doing this, um, but it seems right and it seems appropriate to wait Exactly 365 days before I drop my audiobook version of The Fork, The Witch, and The Worm. Um, and so I'm going to do that. Why am I telling you this now? Well, it's because I just finished recording the audiobook, and it's fresh on my mind. And I, I just want to mention it. Plus, I'm willing to bet that we're all going to forget about this in a year. To the point where I had to make a goddamn Google Calendar reminder. So I don't forget. Because it's a year from now. And it just got me thinking, you know? One year from now, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to drop this audiobook. That's the only thing I know that's going to happen. What the fuck does the world look like exactly a year from now? I have not the faintest idea. But we're going to find out. Because for, for better or for worse, for whatever is going on, this audiobook will will go up. Um, and it will be, it'll be a thing. And uh, I think we'll all... Enjoy listening to it. I'm probably going to drop the whole thing at once, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, unless it perfectly coincides with the end of whatever I'm reading at the time. In which case, I will then do uh, daily chapter uploads. I'm not entirely sure yet. I've got a year to think about it. Um, but now, in terms of audiobook recording, I really need to get, like, nose to the grindstone done with Twilight. Because, as of right now, um, like, I'm still uploading Inheritance chapters. But I really want to finish Twilight before it starts uploading because it is not a very long book and I need to give myself as much fucking lead time as possible in uploading these chapters. Um, and I may have mentioned this once or twice before, but Twilight chapters are exceedingly long. Not in terms of page count, but in terms of how long it takes me to read it. 
because I basically pause after every sentence to say something or whatever the fuck. Um, so these chapters take a while to get through. And because of that, I'm trying to get as many of them done as humanly possible before they start going up. Because once they start going up, those days are going to zip by and all of a sudden I'm out of chapters and it's like, fuck. So that's the, uh, that's the goal here anyway. Um, but I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I almost never talk about that kind of stuff on the, uh, on the podcast. So I wanted to mention it. So there you go. We're on the next thing podcast. like Christmas came a little earlier this year for me in one regard and that is this wonderful gift that I have sitting behind me. This is Universal Yums, which is a subscription box service. I haven't spoken about one of these in a very long time. They're still as popular as ever, technically. I would argue they're even more popular now because of COVID. So, uh, this is a gift from my folks, Universal Yums. Uh, it has a little blurb here on it. Uh, every month, uh, we send out a box filled with mouthwatering sweets and candies from different countries. From a different country. Um, I'm not sure if that means each box is like from one location or if each snack is from one location. I guess that would make more sense. But within the box, we've got what looks like a yum scoreboard. So I can rate them uh, for reasons, I guess. I don't fucking know. But it's got that. It's got a little book that gives me the nutritional facts for all the things. I'm trying not to look at it because I want to be surprised by what's actually in the box. And it comes with a big old sticker that says, I safely traveled the world this year. And this is the holiday themed box. So I thought it was very appropriate to do during the podcast. So the first thing we've got here appears to be a bag of cookies uh, from, does it tell me or am I gonna have to use the book to, made in the Netherlands, Netherlands crispy spice cookies is what these are called. Apparently I'm supposed to consume the entire package in one sitting for uh, the caloric intake, but I'm probably just gonna try a couple of them, and if they're good, then I'll just fucking munch on them later. Uh, let us crack open this bag. Um, they're called Crudnoten. Crudnoten, the original Crudnotens. They look like ginger snaps. They smell like ginger snaps. They feel like ginger snaps. Mmm. They taste like Teddy Grahams. <laughs> Um, mmm. Ah, oh, that's a good flavor. Yeah, that's, um, it's just gingerbread. Very crispy gingerbread. That's not bad at all. I like that a lot. Ah, right, that's a winner. Good stuff there. Oh, God. Okay. Some of these sound terrible. Including this one. Mackies of Scotland. Turkey and stuffing flavored potato chips. I'm not one back down from challenge. These are made in Perthshire, Scotland, with our award-winning family business Mackey's at Taypak. Best varieties of crisping potatoes and carefully selected seasonings. And we never add any artificial colors or flavorings. Turkey and stuffing potato chips. Okay. It has the potential to be good, I guess. Oh, wow, it smells like turkey and stuffing. I'm sure that's a good thing. Chips are really good looking potato chips. They've got like a dusting of herbs on them. They actually look like potatoes, which is wonderful. Um, like, they've got a bit of skin on the sides. They're thick cut too, so. Fucking, why not? <laughs> Shit. You know what? Oh. It is as advertised. It tastes exactly like turkey and stuffing. I don't think it's a good thing. Uh, it's so pungent. Yes. Do they taste like turkey and stuffing? Absolutely. But, oh God. Oh, that's a strong flavor. I'm gonna wash that down with a ginger snap. Ugh, alright. What else we got? This is... From... Where is this from? Taiwan! This one, ups this one upsets me on, on principle. This is Pop Smile Popcorn Salted Egg Yolk Flavor. 
from Taiwan. So it's popcorn, but it's egg yolk flavored popcorn. That just sounds awful. I don't want to smell this. It's going to smell like eggs. Oh, God. All right. All right, Taiwan. Let's see what you got. Ugh, it's a big bag, too. All right. I'm not going to open this all the way. It's probably going straight in the trash. Okay, you know what? It actually just smells like popcorn. It doesn't smell like egg at all, which is good. Doesn't even... They just It just looks like popcorn. Actually, it smells like kettle corn, actually. If I had to... Maybe there's a little bit of a... There's a little bit of a funkiness to it. I'm guessing that's the egg yolk. Alright, fine. Fuck it. Nope. 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 Oh, God. It starts off innocent enough. But then whatever. I guess it's just salted egg yolk. Comes tearing on in. I don't... Oh, God. Oh, it's... It's super funky. Like, kind of in like a it's gone off sort of way. It has this fermented vibe to it. Tastes like fermented soybeans a little bit. It's got that same kind of funkiness to it. That is an acquired taste if I've ever tasted the acquired taste. Taste. Well, we got four more things to go. We're off to a good start. We've had some... Give me more of those ginger... Another ginger snap. I'd rather eat the entire bag full of turkey and stuffing flavored potato chips than have another single piece of that popcorn. Uh. Oh, God. All right. What we got? Le French taste. Cocoa powdered truffles. Oh, now we're talking. So just straight from France. Cocoa powdered truffles. These are probably obscenely good. I wonder if I should have pasted these out so I didn't eat them all in one sitting, but maybe not. Ooh. Well. Yep. Mmm. <laughs> oh, fuck. Mm. That's wonderful. Got this amazing dark chocolate flavor. Oh, man. Mmm. Melts in the mouth. That's a winner. That's a 10 out of 10 delicious chocolate truffle right there. I'm going to polish off that bag tonight. Mocktail bonbons. From Bristow's of Devon. So this is from England. I just know that. What's a bonbon? They come in five different flavors. There's Cosmopolitan, Gin and Rhubarb, Peach Bellini, Prosecco, and Tequila Sunrise. Are these hard candies? I'm not sure I can try all of these at once. I don't know what these are. Let's open it I guess and find out instead of me just postulating I also have not consumed I've had Prosecco before I guess oh they're yeah they're fucking hard candy like sucker things I guess we'll try one of them um cause I won't be able to consume all of these in a reasonable amount of time um so let's just try whatever this one is that I can get my hands on it's kinda like powdered a little bit Smells so fruity. Smells like I, I would have to guess peach bellini if I had to guess for this one. Alright, fine, fuck it. Oh. Oh, they're not hard. They're like chewy. They're like they're really fancy gushers. Oh my god, that's a lot of sour. Yeah, this is peach. Well, Oh, man. Oh, it's so sour. Whew. That's a lot of sugar. That's... That's a lot of sugar. I think for the sake of my health, even though they're tasty, I can't eat the rest of these. Oh, man. Oh, well. Maybe I'll save them and hand them out to... Oh, God, it's so sour. Oh! Oh, you can taste the sour crystals. That's why I don't do candy. Oh. Awful. So sour. 
What's this? From Switzerland, we have a Bondenaire Nuss Tortilli, an alpine nut cake. Okay, it's kind of soft. Got like walnuts and shit in it. All right, fine, fuck it. Alpine nut cake. On paper, that sounds fantastic. It looks like a little bun thing. Smells like cinnamon and whipped cream. I don't think it has either of those ingredients in it. All right. Switzerland Alpine nut cake. It's got this crumbly biscuity dough around it with a sweet cinnamony nut filling. Oh, it does have light whipped cream, cream involved. I can't believe I smelled that. It's got hazelnuts and walnuts. Yeah, that's awesome. I would absolutely eat that again. Fucking amazing. Oh. Alright. Two winners. The Alpine Nut Cake and the Cocoa Powder Truffles because of course it's just chocolate. And last but not least, while I finish this nut cake, mmm, it's sweet, tastes of fall, that's awesome. We have from Spain a torta Polvorone, which is a shortbread with a powdered sugar topping. It's a very large single cookie. Let's just uh, give this a try. So, lesson learned for next box: do not try all of them at once. I will, I will paste this shit out over like a, a day or two, um, or a week rather. Um, this one's kind of fractured. So it's shortbread with powdered sugar on top, right? It's, it smells like cardamom. It's got a really strong hit of cardamom. Is there cardamom in here? Apparently it's made with pork fat? What the fuck? Alright. Whatever, Spain. What have you done with your shortbread? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's like eating a... It's like eating raw cardamom. It's so dry and dusty. And strangely, I can kind of taste the pork. That's, um... Wow. 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 Jesus Christ. That's such an unusual flavor. Okay. Oh, why is it so dusty? Okay. That's bizarre. Alpine nut cake? Amazing. French truffles? Radical. Uh, ginger snaps? Wonderful. These fucking warheads of uh, fruit cocktails. Like, tasty, but very strong. The turkey stuffing flavored potato chips taste exactly like turkey stuffing. And they're, they're fine. And the popcorn is atrocious. And I can't, in good conscience, keep this around for, like, other people to try. Because they will just not like it. It's just... I'm gonna I'm gonna try to save most of this stuff uh, for for like other people to attempt to consume, but yeah, most of except for the truffles. Let's let's call a spade a spade. I'm gonna inhale that bag of truffles. Um, but yeah. So two clear winners. A couple of things that I would like I would I will finish the ginger snaps and the cardamom disc. I don't know. Maybe if I had tea, it'd be better. Um, I'm gonna get rid of the potato chips because let's be honest. And the mocktails, I'm probably also going to get rid of. Because that's a lot of sugar. Eating this entire bag is 52% of your daily allotment of sugar. That's absurd. So, there's like eight pieces in here. That's crazy to me. So, four out of the seven were awesome. Or at least edible. Um, I will say. So, that was a ton of fun. Holy crap. What a fun idea. I love that it comes from different countries. Um, but I guess the clear winner today is Switzerland and France. Good job, gang. Turns out when you just make delicious food, um, it's enjoyable. And when you make weird things, looking at you, egg yolk popcorn, uh, it's not. So, who did not get? Anyway, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast while I shove this truffle in my face.
probably the highlight of this week's episode. Everybody's dying to talk about it, so here we go. Cyberpunk 2077. After something like 12 years of development and several delays this year alone, we finally get our hands on the latest massive project from CD Projekt Red. And I have played it for... How long did I play it? I want to say it's like a couple hours. Um, not too far. Just just barely scratching the surface of this monster game. And uh, so far, very much enjoying it. Are there little bugs? Absolutely. Um, that My most common bug I've encountered is like random items NPCs are holding just like floating in the air um, while they're still holding the item like a, a, du a duplicate will just kind of appear out of nowhere and just kind of float along with it um, haven't seen counter Reeves yet but then again I've only been in the game for a little while like fucking couple hours um, according to my fucking steam uh, library I played for 2.9 hours so almost there gotten one achievement uh, but it has been really good so far. I spent a fair amount of time in the character creator, which I think will go without saying, because there's a lot of uh, character creation to be done. I wanted to give shout-outs to CD Projekt Red for being the first character creator that I personally have experienced, where you could mix um, uh, fucking whatever with whatever in terms of gender. So you could have boobs with a penis, and I thought that was wonderful. So you can be any spectrum of whatever you want. You can even have no genitals if you so desire. Um, you know, you can you can do whatever you want. And so I made my uh, made my character and just got launched into the game. There's this really nice montage of you becoming buddies with Jackie, who I think is your pal throughout most of the game. I bet ten dollars he dies, like because of course he does. Uh, my computer is uh, fortunately beefy enough to be. Oh God, scam likely. Fuck you, scam likely. Um, sorry, I forgot to silence my phone. Anyway, um, my computer's beefy enough to be able to run this game on ultra-quality graphics, which is fantastic, and it looks really good. Uh, gunplay's a lot of fun. The customization in terms of, like, outfits and weapons seems really good. It's almost Bloodborne-esque when it comes to guns. There's a lot of guns, uh, and they all have, like, different looks and styles, and, of course, you can augment them, like, scopes and other bits and bobs, and then you can do that to yourself, like... This game goes pretty in-depth into making your own special character, which is always, um, in my opinion, that's key to having a really fun time in a open-world RPG like this. You really have to make it feel like this is like this is my V. Everybody gets a V, but this one's mine. And this V will go on experiences and go through the motions of things more um, or differently than like every other fucking V out there. Uh, my, my first big bit of advice if you do get into this game is fucking play the tutorials because all the hacking tech stuff you're gonna want to know how to do that and the best way to do that is the tutorial it gives you like this option of leaving the, t the tutorial like halfway um finish it out finish do all of the tutorial stuff you could possibly do and leave those hints on so you can figure it out um and you'll have a you'll have a good time so I'm very much enjoying it right now it's very immersive and none of the bugs have been game-breaking. I know a couple of people across the interwebs have been having issues getting this game to run, um, including if you're playing on console. Apparently, it's fairly problematic on there. But uh, on PC, I have no complaints. Um, I, I know I have a, a, a fairly high-end machine, but it's it's pretty good. And I'm, I'm enjoying the absolute hell out of it. And I would highly recommend it if you were thinking about picking it up. That did not take nearly as much time as I thought it was going to. Maybe if I play more, I'll have more things to talk about. But I also don't want to spoil it because I feel like this is the sort of game that, while only single player, and you can experience the story whenever, you should experience the story fairly blind. Um, I think is the best way to do it. And yes, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. the 10th was a big day for a lot of things. Not only was it the day that Cyberpunk came out, but Disney had its annual investor stockholder meeting on the 10th, and I know that doesn't sound particularly interesting, but Disney took the time to use this as a platform to announce an absolute metric fuck ton of things. So many things that it kind of blows the, the mind. I believe there are over 50 separate interesting announcements made um, on that day. So this might take a minute for us to sift through all this stuff. Um, but 
I wanted to talk about some of the stuff because a lot of it is very exciting um, from an entertainment point of view. First off, get this out of the way. Disney is uh, launching a brand new uh, content brand called Star. Not to be confused with stars. Star, singular. Um, and it's going to be an international streaming service uh, focusing on, I believe, Latin America, Europe, and other international markets designed to showcase um, the media that Disney owns but can't really access quite yet. So all the 20th Century Studio stuff, FX, um, basically Hulu internationally. Um, one of the one of the primary reasons they're doing this is because a they want money, um, b they have this content but they can't do it for America quite yet because of Hulu contracts. So Hulu will persist until 2024, um, at which point Disney could then absorb Hulu into Disney Plus and its other streaming services. Um, but it's it's fun. To, well, it's not fun, but it's awesome to see. Well, I guess it's fun too. It's awesome to see Disney. Um, provide that content for eastern or not not like other international markets so um it's you know australia new zealand canada are going to get it eastern europe hong kong japan and south korea are going to get it latin america is going to get it and there's going to be um stars plus which is a standalone thing star will be wrapped up into disney plus um which is pretty cool i don't even think they have to pay extra for it it looks like it's going to be um eight 99 um, euros for uh, Europe and similar prices for Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. So I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work out, but it is important to note that they are uh, working on that sort of exposure, which is wonderful. Moving on to things that are coming out of uh, for Disney Plus, there is a new. There's, I'm gonna. There's a lot, so let's just talk it through. There's a new Beauty and the Beast show with Luke Evans and Josh Gad, and it's gonna have new music composed by Alan Menken exclusively for Disney Plus. We know nothing else about it, but just know that there's a Beauty and the Beast thing coming out with some of the live actors from the movie returning. So that's pretty fantastic. Apparently, they are reimagining the Swiss Family Robinson on Disney Plus. With Ron Moore and John M. Chu. I don't know who either of those people are, but there you go. Swiss Family Robinson is an old school Disney staple. Um, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse existed in Disneyland, and um, it's one of the original Disney movies that like Walt worked on. It goes way the fuck back, so I'm, I'm excited to see them kind of dip into their roots a little bit. A Percy Jackson and the Olympians series. Series. I want to point out is in the works. Now, Percy Jackson and the Olympians is actually. A book series I read when I was a child, and I absolutely loved it. And then I saw the movie, and it fucking sucked. It did introduce the world to um, Alexandria Daddario, who is an absolutely phenomenal actress, and Logan Lerman, and there's a lot of really good people in it. And it's not a terrible movie. I think Pierce Brosnan's even in it as well. There's a lot going on in that series um, of books, so I'm excited to see it get developed into a show, uh, especially because Disney has the rights to it. And um, I don't know if Rick R uh, Riordan is going to be, like involved in any way i hope he is there are five books in the core series of percy jackson um and there's a lot of really good stuff there so i will be eagerly awaiting that and i might have to reread the series just to remember what the fuck is going on um apparently disney television studios is currently producing four live action series set to debut on disney plus including the mighty ducks game changers picks up where the films left off emilio estevez returns holy shit okay that's fucking great Turner and Hooch is getting a remake um, with Josh Peck from Drake and Josh. And uh, and the Hooch is a dog, so that's what that's about. I haven't seen Josh Peck in a thing in a big, big long time. Something called Big Shot, Celebration of Girl Power, set in the world of high school basketball, starring John Stamos, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Jessalyn Gilsig, whom I'm not familiar with. And then something called The Mysterious Benedict Society. It's an international best-selling book series with Tony Hale and Kristen Schaal. Those all sound fascinating. National Geographic is coming out with a bunch of stuff, um, including Limitless with Chris Hemsworth, Welcome to Earth with Will Smith, and something called Genius, which will profile Martin Luther King Jr. Um, there is also a new documentary film called Cousteau, about the fucking diver, I'm presuming. 
um, as well as new documentary series called The Secrets of Wales, A Real Bug's Life, and America the Beautiful. It's important to know that National Geographic is owned by Disney, so none of this surprises me. Um, and then there's some unique content for Hulu, but we don't give a fuck about that. Um, Handmaid and Still has been renewed for a fifth series, something called Nine Perfect Strangers with Nicole Kidman, I don't care, FX, skip, Lucasfilm, here we go. So... We already knew that an Obi-Wan Kenobi show was in the works starring Ewan McGregor. What we didn't know until today was that Hayden Christensen has been confirmed to return as Darth Vader for this show, which is in and of itself probably the most unexpected announcement of the day that we would get Hayden Christensen to come back to play Darth fucking... A, re a fully realized Darth Vader is unreal. So I'm hype as balls for that. Um, two new series are set in the Mandalorian era from John Favreau and Dave Filoni. If you don't know who Dave is, Dave is basically the goddamn bookkeeper, the key master, the the head honcho of Star Wars lore. He's like the mat like after George stepped away, Dave took the helm. And when it comes to Star Wars nerd shit, Dave is king of Star Wars nerd shit. He was one of the main people behind Clone Wars. He knows more about the extended universe. Like, he's, he's like goddamn Wikipedia of Star Wars. So, we are getting something called Rangers of the New Republic, which sounds like um, we're going to get a hint at, like, the X-Wing guys that we've been seeing in Mandalorian Season 2, so that'll be good. And then Ahsoka, a series featuring the fan favorite Ahsoka Tano and starring Rosario Dawson. So, she's going to get her own fucking show from Favreau and Dave Filoni, set in the Mandalorian universe. So, if you like the Mandalorian, get ready to see how fucking lot more of that so that's pretty good additional new titles announced for disney plus include andor um which i don't know what that's referring to to be perfectly honest star wars the bad batch which i believe is referring to like clones from the clone wars like a failed batch of clone wars star wars visions no idea what that's about lando which will be a, a series focusing on Lando Calrissian. It's unclear at this time if that's going to be Donald Glover or Billy D. Williams or both. I'm hope I'm personally hoping for both. The Acolyte, probably Jedi, uh, if I had to guess, and a Droid Story, which could be fucking anything. Um, they're also revisiting Willow in a new series with Warwick Davis returning in the title role. If you didn't see Willow, Willow is amazing, and I am very excited for that. I'm learning a lot of these things reading this right now. Um, so, fucking Jesus H. Christ. I didn't know there was coming out with a Willow thing. And there's so much fucking Star Wars. It's absurd. Uh, there is a new feature film to the Star Wars franchise. It's called Rogue Squadron. And it is directed by Patty Jenkins, who did the two Wonder Woman movies. So we know she comes from good directing stock. Rogue Squadron, I'm guessing, is going to be like, um, original series X-Wing Fighters. If we had to, if we had to guess. Um, apparently they also announced, um, the next installment of the Indiana Jones franchise will be directed by James Mangold. Let's take a look at that, uh, individual and see what we are looking at for your history. Cause I'm not familiar with your name. And if you're taking over an Indiana Jones movie, you've got to be, you got to know what you're doing. Cause Indiana Jones is my fucking shit. James Mangold, you directed... Um, Copland, Girl Interrupted, Walk the Line, The Wolverine, and Logan. Okay, all right, excellent. Good shit there. I didn't know Walk the Line. That's awesome. Um, a new Star Wars feature film by Taika Waititi and Children of Blood and Bone based on Tomi Ademi's New York Times bestselling novel Strand Out the Feature Film Slate. I'm not familiar with that last one. Children of Blood and Bone. That sounds dark. And um, that sounds that sounds awesome. Uh, I'm just going to minimize that for right now. Uh, yeah, so that's what we got out of Lucas Films. Is that it, really? Okay, a lot of, lot of fucking Star Wars stuff. And this is all going on Disney+. Plus. Um, just to just point out. They're making Hocus Pocus 2. There's a reboot of Three Men and a Baby with Zac Efron, and a remake of Cheaper by the Dozen, and a new Sister Act film. And just gonna skip all of that. Um, apparently, um, they are remaking Pinocchio. Directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Tom Hanks. So that's a thing. Chippendale Rescue Rangers is going to be a hybrid live-action animated film starring John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. So I'm fucking hype as shit for that. Peter and Wendy. Uh, Peter Pan and Wendy. 
which I believe is, um, you know, it's Peter Pan. The original book was called Peter and Wendy, uh, starring Jude Law as Captain Hook and Yara Shahidi as Tinkerbell. That's interesting. And then there was an Enchanted sequel called Disenchanted with Amy Adams returning. So there is that as well. Um, fascinating. Uh, what else is interesting out of this? Out of this thing, um, obviously they're making that Jungle Cruise um, movie with uh, The Rock that hasn't been released yet. The Cru- there's a Cruella live action movie coming out. Apparently they're making a prequel to The Lion King, which has me very concerned. And the Little Mermaid live action remake is happening as well. Ray of the Last Dragon will debut simultaneously on Disney Plus Premiere Access. Um, the same day it comes out in theaters in March. Which means you can watch Ray and the Last Dragon on Disney Plus for an extra $30. Apparently Disney did not learn its lesson from Mulan. Um, which is now available for free on Disney Plus if you want to watch that for some fucking reason. Uh, there is also... Oh, they gave us a hint of Encanto. Um, which is going to have songs from Lin-Manuel Miranda. And it's going to come out in November next year. Apparently the plot takes us to Colombia where a magical family live in a magical home. That sounds fun. That just sounds like a, a fucking... Fucking great old time. So we are also getting, um, apparently for the first time, Walt Disney Animated Studios produced animated TV shows for Disney+. Plus. There are four of these, including Baymax from Big Hero 6, Tiana from Princess and the Frog, Moana from Moana, and um, Zootopia Plus. Which, you know, Zootopia. As well as Waju. Uh, which will be produced in collaboration with the Pan-African comic book entertainment company, Kugali. Fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, Pixar has a new thing called Turning Red, uh, which looks like it's animated by the goddamn guys that made Wallace and Gromit with these fucking smiles. So that's cute. Um, Win or Lose, uh, Pixar's first ever long-form animated series will debut on Disney Plus in February of 2023, following a middle school softball team in the week leading up to their championship game. Each episode is told from the perspective of a different character. That sounds fun. Now, this one took some figuring out. Pixar is coming out with a new thing called Lightyear, the definitive origin story of the hero that inspired the toy. That statement is key, because when I saw that Chris Evans was going to voice Light Buzz Lightyear, I was all, everybody was like, what the fuck happened to Tim Allen? Tim Allen voices the toy that is inspired by supposedly a, a real dude named Buzz Lightyear that will be voiced by Chris Evans. That's the, that's what's going on with that. So interesting. Um, and turning red, which is the thing with the giant fucking red panda that looks goddamn adorable. Uh, what's the, what were we looking at that? Fans will meet May. She experiences the awkwardness of being a teenager with the added twist. She gets when she gets too excited, she transforms into a giant red panda. Okay, sure, fine, whatever. Um, what else is going on? They are coming out with a making of documentary for Soul, um, talking about the difficulties of animating a movie during the COVID twenty nineteen pandemic. So that is wonderful. And then uh, I believe finally we got Marvel announcements and marvel probably came out with more shit than either of the other two studios from animation from disney or from lucasfilms so let's talk these through number one we've got the miss marvel show that's coming to disney plus um camilla khan so that's going to be fantastic secret invasion starring samuel l jackson i believe that's animated but don't quote me on that Ironheart uh with dominic thorne or dominique thorne as the genius vendor. And if you don't know who Ironheart is, she is a very new Marvel character. I think she's only a couple of years old. Her name is uh, Riri Williams. She's like a 16-year-old MIT genius who builds her own Iron Man suit and starts fighting crime. So she's fantastic. Armor Wars, starring John Cheadle um, as War Machine, uh, who faces Tony Stark's worst fear, what if Tony's tech ends up in the wrong hands? So that is... Fantastic. We finally got a goddamn trailer for Loki, uh, which answered no questions and only confused me further. I cannot even begin to explain to you what happens in the trailer. You just have to go and watch it. We got a second trailer for WandaVision, which comes out in January of next year. We got a trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which looks like Falcon struggling to take over the mantle of Captain America, uh, which makes perfect sense. Uh, there's a new animated series called What If that looks strangely animated, but it talks about, like, what if... 
Um, Peggy Carter got the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve Rogers and stuff like that. Uh, there's the Hawkeye show with Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfield um, as, uh, what is her name, Kate Bishop in that show. So uh, Hawkeye passing off the reins to the next Archer, which is really cool. She-Hulk got a casting of Tatiana Maslany. I believe I'm pronouncing that. And She-Hulk, to my knowledge, is like a courtroom lawyer. Uh, and when She-Hulk's out, she still maintains her higher brain functions. So I'm not really sure what that show's going to be about, but I'm hoping for a crime drama with a large green woman in it. I think that'd be that'd be fascinating. Um, Tim Roth and Mark Ruffalo are both signed on to star in She-Hulk, so that's excellent. Moon Knight is getting his own show, of course. I believe that casting goes to Oscar Isaacs, but it could be wrong. Guardians of the Galaxy have a holiday special coming out in 2023. And then we are getting a new animated series of shorts called I Am Groot, starring everybody's favorite baby tree. All of this is legitimate, in case anybody was wondering. Now, in terms of the movie side of things for Marvel, we've got Ant-Man 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, which will be the third film in the franchise with fucking Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Michael Douglas all signed on to return. Marvel is finally, finally bringing back the Fantastic Four to be directed by the same guy that is directing Spider-Man Far From Home and Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man 3. So I'd be willing to bet that there's going to be a goddamn Spider-Man cameo on the Fantastic Four, which makes a bunch of sense. Those two hero groups work together a lot very closely and both live in New York. Now, I and my family spent a long time trying to come up with like casting for the Fantastic Four. We couldn't come up with anything. But one thing we did decide upon is that this Fantastic Four movie cannot use Doom or Galactus as the villain for that movie. They can set up those villains in the Fantastic Four movie, but you cannot start with those guys in the Fantastic Four movie because after Thanos, Doctor Doom and Galactus are like not not necessarily together, but like those two are like top tier fucking villains and they need their time to shine and they they need the build up and they need to be hyped up. So, they can't just drop those guys on us all of a sudden, you know what I mean? They got to they got to work up into it. And then of course we have Black Widow still coming out. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings still coming out. The Eternals movie, Doctor Strange 2, and the Multiverse of Madness. Thor 4, Love and Thunder. Black Panther 2 has been confirmed, and they are not going to recast T'Challa, which is the absolute right move, um, because how could you? Uh, his younger sister, um, I believe, will be taking over the mantle of Black Panther. At least that's what happens in the comic books. Um, so I'm not really sure what they're going to go in that direction, but I'm excited that they're making a Black Panther 2. Uh, they're remaking Blade, apparently. I don't know if that has Wesley Snipes in it. Um, I hope so, because he is Blade, in my opinion. Um, and God damn it, if he won't remind you of that, if you ever asked him. Uh, Captain Marvel 2, with uh, Brie Larson returning, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, all on the slate, coming down the future timelines. It is an absurd list, gang. It is crazy, but... That is the end of it. Um, that is that is all of the all of the big announcements. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to think, um, but I, I think that is most of the most of the giant announcements. A couple other things that I personally am a bigger fan of. Uh, on December 18th, they are going to be dropping the uh, Arendelle Yule Log point 2.0. So the the sequel to the Arendelle Yule Log from last year for the holidays. And I'd love me a good old fashioned Yule Log. I hope this one has music. That would be fucking amazing. Um, and they're also coming out with something called like Dory's Fish Cam. So I'm guessing there's going to be like a, a Pixar like animated fish aquarium uh, like long play video on Disney Plus as well. Which will be fun for the people who, who really enjoy those things. Um, but Jesus H. Monkey Christ. Disney Plus is making a statement today with just the sheer amount of shit they've just announced. Um, and Disney Plus is still... One of the cheapest, if not the cheapest, service out there for for media and stuff like that. Only seven dollars a month or seventy dollars a year. It is um, it's it's got a lot, and it's gonna have even more. So very very excited to watch Disney just fucking toot its own horn in the biggest goddamn way, throwing their weight around like nobody's business. It's crazy how much shit they just announced. And I wanted to talk about it, and I have, and now I'm really tired, so I need to go fucking go to bed and 
rest up and fucking figure out what tomorrow's gonna be. Oh man. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was awesome. And I think you know what? I think that's gonna end the uh, the episode for us here. So thank you all very much for listening to this week's episode of the Going Upcast. I'm goddamn exhausted and super excited for all of these shows. Oh man. Ugh. Sleepy. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>